the James Suckling Podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hi Lamberto, how are you doing? I'm doing good, James. How are you? Great, good, good to see you. Good to see you're well in Florence. Okay. Everything's fine okay. in Hong Kong. Uh, just I started a little bit without you, but um, I tasted the the Leonia uh, 2016 brew to your sparkling wine, and I have to say uh, again, a beautiful dry sparkling wine with very fine beads, really high quality and. And I, I think probably many people don't realize you make this sparkling wine, at least people outside of Italy. Like, um, how did you do it? Like, what, why did you do it? People don't realize that you can make really good wines in Tuscany, like that sparkling wine. But, as you know, Tuscany is all driven by, uh, most of it by red varieties, mostly Sangiovese. Pomino, however, is a different place. Pomino was uh, was um, was developed by my great great grandmother called Leonia. She was uh, Leonie, actually born in France, Auxerre, and um, in 1850 uh, she um, inherited uh, Pomino and came to Pomino, planted uh, Pinot Bourgogne, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Noir, uh, and then from there started to produce certain. Uh, so different wines from the rest of Tuscany, and uh, also because. Uh, uh, the brother also wrote a letter uh, to the central here government saying, I need to plant these kind of varieties because the local varieties don't uh, mature very nicely. And so then there uh, he started to plant the, 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 all the Pinot family. And uh, <clears throat> so it's, it's a long tradition. We then for many, many years made uh, Pomino Bianco, mostly with Chardonnay. And then back in 2005, around 2005-2006, I was in, in Germany, Geisenheim, and I was at the tasting and at, the, at the University of Geisenheim, and a student came up to me, and she asked me if she could do a, a, a harvest in, in Italy, and I said to her, well, what is your, what you've been doing up to now? And she said to me, uh, I've been doing um, uh, sparkling wines, and um, I want to do something else and as I look at her and I said I have a project for you and uh, open book you clear book you start from scratch and then there everything started from scratch and I must say this wine after uh, initially uh, understanding how to manage your vineyards and uh, then and then after her came uh, some people from France have been working with uh, a couple of uh, French uh, uh, champagne connoisseurs I must say everything has changed in the last uh, years after the initial difficulties, uh, but Pomino has something special up there in the mountain. Um, we have a terrific machine called Cocar. that is a presser that is, is, uh, has really changed uh, a way of pressing uh, our grapes. Uh, and of course, I'm going to pour uh, some more. Yeah. And of course, it's also. <clears throat> but what I, what I think is impressive is as you can see the bubbles and the texture is so fine textured i really like that and then the dryness so a lot of times people pick too early and then they have to cover it with dosage but you yeah. have really made a very vinous beautiful dry sparkling wine I, as you know james you know me uh, i love wines i love uh, to learn 
So uh, I'm never uh, somewhat, uh, I don't want never to go into competition with other, other producers. I look at the area. Champagne is a terrific place, has been producing champagne wine since, uh, since uh, hundreds of years. And, um, and, uh, and there, uh, there is that little bit extra thing of saying, I want something that is dry and I, something that is a champagne, but what is a champagne? It's actually a wine. So it's something that you can uh, have during your, your meal and, uh, and not as some, sometimes people uh, have these kinds of wines only for aperitif or, or maybe even more as a mistake uh, as a dessert wine. This is not a dessert wine, of mm -hmm. course. This is a this is a full meal wine, and uh, and this is our goal. Well, well done. Let's move on to uh, yeah. another wine. It's really good. You and if you if you drink it, I don't I don't. Oh, you did. I I did the same. Really good stuff. So we'll move on to the next wine. Yeah. Lambetta. Now we're gonna taste your Nipozzano, which is from uh, the hillsides above uh, uh, Florence in uh, Rufina. And what struck me about this wine was how uh, fresh it was, even though it's coming from a very hot year, like 2017. Can you like explain that a little bit? It was really impressive. <clears throat> but Nipozzano, uh, it's a fairly cool place. Uh, we are around between uh, 300 and 400 meters on sea level, uh, east of Florence. Uh, then uh, next to us there is the this mountain goes uh, high at over a thousand and two hundred meters. So it's a place that where in Nipozzano sometimes we struggle because it is it's a little bit too cold. In 2017, instead, it did terrifically well. But then also uh, allow also us to 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 uh, and to me to say that over time we've been a little bit more more careful on our vineyard management and uh, so uh, keeping uh, the soil um, uh, ripped very, very gently so no water loss. We have a good amount of clay soil in, uh, in Nipozzano, so clay retains water. And in 2017, uh, it came out to being a terrific vintage, I must say. Uh, in, in Nipozzano uh, and close by Pomino, we have never had fear of warm vintages um, because during the sun, during the day, uh, it's hot. During the night, beginning uh, July and August is actually quite hot. But then uh, the temperature drops uh, around mid uh, mid August, and uh, and it starts to be very very pleasant to live here. Sangiovese plays a great role, but also some other local varieties like the Malvasia Rossa. Uh, and the canaiolo that we've been replanting and they are coming into production strongly and they add very nice freshness uh, those kind of things that uh, that some years ago maybe they were not so cared of but now people are getting to appreciate more and more what uh, now we can say uh, word elegance uh, and uh, because before it was light now instead it's elegant and, and then you also have, some people may not know, but you have the uh, Vecchia Viti, the old uh, vine, vineyard wine. And so how actually old are those vines compared to the normal uh, grapes uh, or vines used for Nipozzano? 
Nipotsano uh, has always had uh, vineyards planted uh, from um, hundreds of years. Then uh, a lot of vineyards were replanted in the, uh, between the two wars, uh, 20 and, and 44. Uh, then um, a second wave of, uh, of vineyards were planted in, uh, in the end of the 60s. I must say, a lot of those vineyards were not so terrific. Uh, it was quite difficult to to push out and to really perform quality. But some vineyards actually uh, were very interesting. And this vineyard here, uh, so planted at the in the at the end of the sixties, sixty nine and seventies, uh, it was it was meant to be pulled out in 2011. 2011 was another warm vintage back in Tuscany, if you recall. Yes. I know you recall. Uh, and that uh, vineyard there, um, maybe he sent us a message. The wine came out, the fruit came out terrific. So uh, when we were, this fruit was fermenting, and I remember tasting this wine in the cellar, we said, Whoa, wow, this vineyard, should we really pull it out? Because there were a lot of missing vines and and didn't look very nice and you know the new vintage the new vineyards are beautiful high density and and they look terrific. This was a little bit uh, like this <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and so we said, well, maybe we should keep it uh, running there and uh, so we kept it uh, and uh, and this vineyard has been uh, has been. Much better care you know, over time, over these years, and uh, and here we are producing uh, this wine, and uh, and it has real uh, old vine character with that bark and moss and mushroom. So congratulations, well, well done. Well, you also said uh, recently to me that you thought that 2017 was an excellent year for Cabernet Sauvignon. Can you yeah. like uh, expand on that? Yeah. Uh, uh, again, um, uh, cab. Uh, everything is also is always related where you have uh, you are, where you have planted your um, your your vines, and uh, if uh, um, people maybe don't know, but uh, Tuscany it's uh, it's famous for the bricks. Uh, for in the houses, everything is has those floors with uh, il cotto. I don't yeah. know how you say that in English. Tile, uh, yeah. Tile, and, uh, and then when you go around uh, below, uh, from Siena down, all the all the houses are made with uh, those uh, red bricks. Mm. Uh, and those, where they come from? Again, come from clay. So the soil of, of Tuscany have a lot of clay. And... Uh, and uh, so cab is a very tricky variety and uh, doesn't like clay all that much. Uh, so one has, uh, well, that's the reason why I did extremely well in Bulgari in these latest years. And when Bulgari really uh, gave uh, the homeland for at, uh, uh, at, uh, at cab in, in Tuscany. But there are some places in Tuscany where... However, you can actually do 
very, very nicely. Um, some of them, uh, unfortunately, they become they have clay and then they are they are becoming a little bit too cold for the variety. That is a late ripening variety. Uh, roughly, the bud break between Sangiovese and Cab there is 20, 25 days differences. So much later. Uh, so you need a longer season for cab. And uh, there are some places where uh, they, are, they are giving uh, some interesting uh, cabs. For example, Montalcino. Montalcino, very well known for Sangiovese, very, very uh, uh, well known for his Brunellos. Uh, there are some areas, however, uh, where this, the soil is a little bit more sandy because you have to know that Montalcino is, is the mountain. But then there are some places where the, the soil came out from, this, from, the, from the sea and, and there it came also places where we could plant a uh, cab. And um, in, uh, in, uh, where we have our state in Montalcino, for example, uh, back in the, in the 70s was planted some cab in a, a clay area and it was pulled out. The wine was absolutely no good, very harsh and tannic. But then back in 2002, 2001, 2004, we planted together with, mm, with Timon Davi a vineyard of, of cab that when it was, then it was a little bit uh, left there because it was, didn't have the real, uh, the real direction. And then back in 2015, uh, we decided to put it together and uh, and uh, and do a a cab, pretty much a pure cab, has a touch of Sangiovese because needed a touch of Sangiovese. But um, so uh, so I, I think that uh, after many many years of uh, of looking at Tuscany, not only for Sangiovese but also some great place of of, of uh, Merlot, they are. Uh, we can uh, start again thinking at uh, studying where we can plant good cab again. So now uh, I'm excited to taste uh, two special wines for you, Luce, where which is very famous as as of course you know, but then yeah. also Luke's, which is another wine made on the same estate, and yeah. Luke's is pure cab. Looks, it's uh, pretty much 95% is cab and the rest is Sangiovese because there okay. are some vines of Sangiovese mixed around. And, uh, and so uh, the moment of, that you pick a cab is also pretty much similar to Sangiovese uh, because Sangiovese matures much later. And uh, so, yeah. And, uh, and, the, and, the, um, and Luce is Merlot and Sangiovese, right? Merlot and Sangiovese, yeah. 50-50. But so, so, so what, why did you, Luke's is all, you only made it for a couple of years. Why did you decide to, to do it? But, uh, because uh, this, uh, this, uh, this wine was, uh, this, this grape was, was uh, year after year was terrific. Was, uh, then we had to come up with some ideas on how, to, where to use it and how to use it. Uh, so we were pretty much, uh, um, uh, not giving granted to this terrific vineyard, and then in 2015 we decided, okay, let's uh, let's give a try to this wine, and uh, and we kept aside uh, something the equivalent of 8,000 roughly bottles, 
and uh, the wine was uh, boom. It was uh, it was so well received, uh, and uh, and funny enough, we kept the name that we we gave the, him at, in the cellar because we we didn't know he was Lu Luce, and in the cellar it was written Lux, 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 and then the main at the end it remained Lux, Lux. And uh, so it it's was. A beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful wine. It's hard to decide, honestly, um, which one I like better. The Luce has a little bit more opulence and richness. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, very impressive as well. Yeah. Probably one of the most rich Luce's I've had, richer than many others. Like, um, I wouldn't say it's it's too much. I like the label too. It's really cool because it's 25th anniversary. But yeah. um, this is really my, that's exciting uh, wine. 25th anniversary, 25th vintages, and uh, so it's uh, my dad that wrote this, uh, and uh, and 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 2016 again the Merlot did terrifically, the Sangiovese did terrifically, uh, wow. the, the the cab. It's uh, it's a little bit more elegant, a little bit more refined. Um, I, I love the purity of this uh, of this uh, third vintage of looks, um, uh, and it excites me. Oh, I was very excited to 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 come up with also some new wines. Uh, when you have uh, the vineyards there, when you've been uh, these these vineyards are, uh, were already, as I said, planted in uh, 2004 so there are vineyards that they have uh, that uh, well, well done. and, and I, it's just they're really uh, both exceptional wines in a very opulent but fresh style that i think that uh, tuscany does so well when you have the richness of new world wines and the freshness of old world wines so congratulations thank you thank you and 